Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine a year where there's a super spy and he uh, does things and go and go and then and um, and plot and then and 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 then everyone blows up and goes to hell. <laughs> what? What year is that? I think it's 1967. I can't tell anymore. Here I am in America. I've, I've got orders, but they're very vague. The only thing it says here is that I'm actually Sandro Felcher. That's all I can introduce myself as. And I, I wonder what else this mission is going to involve. Well, hi there, sir. Oh, hi. Hi. Pleasure to meet you. I'm Sandro Felcher. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Funny you should say that, because uh, that's very similar to my name, which is Rick... Sandro, Sandro. Oh, Felcher. Oh, Sandro Felcher. Wow, it's a pleasure to meet you, someone of similar namesake. I was told to uh, head over here for a uh, a secret rendezvous. You wouldn't happen to uh, be my contact, would you? I, I think there are many clues pointing that way. Yes, uh, I might be. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that we share the same name. I exactly. Think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but who's that running up the, 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 the highway over there? I'm walking along. Oh, I tripped. I dropped a plate. Oh. Why, hello there, boys. Who are you? I am Sandro Felcher. Oh, a pleasure to meet you. I'm Sandro Felcher. But hang on. I'm the original Sandro Felcher. Oh. What, what, what do you mean, original? Oh, they're at it again. They're bloody putting my name to any Tom and Dick who comes <laughs> around. I've got to be honest with you, fellas. I'm not sure what's going on. I got some vague orders to meet up with a Sandro Felce, and I appear to have found two. Uh, hey, but if you are a Sandro Felce and you're told to meet up with one, then you can just meet up with yourself, right? That is true, but I didn't want to go on this dumbass mission, so I was like, i got to find another one. A mission? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I certainly hope that you tell me about that mission near the end of the episode that leads into the finale of the season. Ah, that might be the case, but we'll have to Ooh. find out. You'll have to stay in. You have to tune in and listen till the very end if you want to know. Ah. Uh, wait, hang on, I know you. You're Reese Parton. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm Sandra Felcher. Wait, famed super spy Reese Parton? <sighs> I wish I got more warning about the disguise. Yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This, uh... This whole plan thing seems very scuffed and hastily made. <laughs> it does. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on, actually. Uh, I certainly hope that someone's going to teleport into one of these people so that I can do my podcast <laughs> with Zach. Well, my orders are actually to wait here till someone beams into me and... Oh. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Whoa. Wowee. Hello and welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. My name is Sandro Felcher and I'm joined by Sandro Felcher and Sandro Felcher to review a movie called Casino Royale from 1967. And if you thought this intro was confusing, wait till you hear about the movie. That's right. Your alias is Zach. Woo. And then we've also got a guest who's back because it's James Bond. Reese Parton's here. Hello. Sandra Felcher at your service. <laughs> <laughs> make a great Sandro Felce. So far, my favourite one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, please follow me at twitch.com at Sandro Felce. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, yeah, we're reviewing a, a James Bond, because we did Doctor No, and then we didn't do any other James Bonds, obviously. we got other stuff to do, but this film came along, which is a parody, and I remember watching it as a kid and having no idea what the fuck was happening, so I was like, let's watch it again. And it turns um, out it wasn't because you are a kid. No, it turns out it wasn't <laughs> no. because I was a kid. <laughs> it's because nothing goes on here, or too much goes on here, and it's not coherent. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I had maybe 50% of what was going on in this movie <laughs> maximum at any one point during the film, and it only got lower there. This was fucking wild to me. I had to double check the download hadn't failed. Like, did I did did like bits of the movie just get cut out? I was I was so I thought I was on drug. I thought someone had laced my drink before I had watched this movie. This this felt like what would happen if you took LSD just before entering the theater and it started coherent and just slowly yeah. you're like yeah. losing your mind. Pretty much. Like that's pretty much it. I was in a state after this movie. I don't know. I was surreal. I told myself I've got to watch that again to make sure it makes sense and I couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like you kind of want it to make sense. It's also fucking terrible. So you don't want to watch it again. Yeah. Because it's just not good. I tried to look at it through the eyes of a Monty Python kind of thing. But if I did that, it was like watching... A proper parody for the first 20 minutes and then it was like watching a season of their random sketch show as opposed to a coherent plot that's true and i love the monty python's flying circus but um you sustain that for like two hours over a movie doesn't work Ugh, so that no. is i mean that is essentially how this was filmed as well the amount of research i've done for this episode i <laughs> watched an hour-long video essay about Whoa. how this was made just just so that everyone has the details because you need to know the behind the scenes of this for it to make sense plot wise. Because, <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. I mean, there are some good Bond jokes in there, like making yeah, a parody yeah. of James Bond. It's like, well, I can't remember the exact wording, but there's a whole lot of uh, a list of double O agents who've gone missing, and it's all synonymous with like sexual behavior, and they're all disappearing in. Uh, geisha houses or in various places like that yeah 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 they're they're, they're all getting uh hoisted by their own uh bravo as it were yeah exactly which is quite funny but yeah we'll do non-spoilers and spoilers but also don't watch this but also if you're a james <laughs> bond fan and you haven't seen this what are you doing watch it but also if you have lsd on hand <laughs> please take it and tell me how this movie watched yeah i mean also but don't yeah don't don't be doing that but don't do that no 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 i i'm saying if they have it on hand if they have it on hand they might as well use it that's right? fine you yeah know? yeah no totally yeah, yeah, like yeah. if you've got it but, but i'm not encouraging people to go out and take drugs but if you're already taking exactly exactly no 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 you're like <laughs> 
don't do it for the sake of our advertisers. But if you've already messed up. Yeah, yeah but if you've already accidentally taken a huge amount of LSD. Exactly. If you were in a scene in this movie with those giant pills dropped in drinks. <laughs> well. Ah, uh, yes. The most subtle of uh, drugging someone else. Giant fizzy pills. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, we will talk about, yeah, like non-spoilers, the then spoilers. Um, The non-spoilers of this... So, this is a... Uh... <laughs> Zach, how would you... If you were to describe this movie to someone who only has a vague recollection of what James Bond is, only kind of knows what James Bond is, and you were like... Zach, if you were to describe this to you... <laughs> yeah, what would you... Oh, how oh would no. you do that? <laughs> how would I describe this to my past self? Oh, yeah. God. Um, so, you imagine a, a spy film, but you don't understand what's going on, and characters just appear out of nowhere... And there's jokes, but they're uh, they don't make sense half the time, and <laughs> I'm confused at every stage. And yeah. there's references, I'm sure of it, but you don't get them because you haven't watched any <laughs> James Bond films that matter for this bit, I think. And then uh, why are some of the girls sixteen? I don't like that. And um, <laughs> uh, and there's a monkey with a toupee. Yep. Um, that's it. Yep. That's all I got. Wait, there was a Donald Trump cameo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's insulting to monkeys, I'm sorry. That was that was that was funny. That's a a bit of a spoiler, but that that toupee coming back right at the end, I was like, that's very funny. <laughs> I got my last description, which is you know the the rule the like gun on the mantelpiece, right? Mm. Literally, at one point, they have a gun on the mantelpiece and it disappears and it never comes back. It <laughs> just literally it's gone. That's that's this movie. The gun on the mantelpiece rule, it's gone. The the conscious movie rules, they're gone. Every rule you know about movie making, it's gone. Out the window. That's the genius of this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it'll make sense when we get into the behind the scenes of this. I'll leave a lot of the fun facts of production of the actual filming of this for spoilers, because a lot of that is plot related stuff, but I'll get into what this is and why this was made in a second. But first, Zach, you've explained the movie. Now, what are your first impressions of the movie? And then we'll go around the table and give everyone's first impressions. I wasn't sure if this was genius or the stupidest <laughs> thing I ever watched. Um, I couldn't tell if I was too stupid uh, to watch this film because of the whole 50% following throughout the film. Yeah, like, you kind of knew what was happening. Yeah, like, here's the thing. it's It was better at the start of the film. It was mo more coherent. Really? I completely disagree, but that's okay. Well, well, there, there was like that first... There was the first initial hurdle of, like, what the fuck was going on. But then it got into, like, the main plot of him in some, like, house. And they were trying to corrupt him because all the spies. Uh, and it, it spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. But their goal seemed pretty clear at that stage. That's true. That they got to mess with the old James Bond, right? That's true. But then after that, it got slowly more... <laughs> Discoherent throughout the film, the like added plot points were being thrown in, like this way and that way, and then by the end of it, shit was just going wild, and like added this and that and that, and then it's like, what the fuck is going? Oh, this character's back. What the what what is going on? Like again, I couldn't tell if it was genius <laughs> or the worst film I've ever watched, but I was enjoying it. I was trying to, like, you know, I, I, I was like, 
this is going to make more sense later on. So I've just got to enjoy it for what it is right now. Um, and I was having fun. I was laughing at the film. I feel not with the film because I couldn't follow the film. Yeah. But I was definitely in a constant state of lost, which is probably not great. I was really hoping it for, for it to all sort of come together at the end. <laughs> and instead we got the end of this film. So yeah. A lot of elements did come together at the end. I, I, it did, in certain ways. In, in some, <laughs> yeah, kind of, I guess. They were all in the same building. That's true. <laughs> I en- I was enjoying witnessing this film. I don't know. I definitely wouldn't watch it again. I feel like yeah. I would follow it less. I think I'm the same. Like I, I'm glad I watched it again. I enjoyed watching it. There's a lot of jokes in this that I really enjoyed. Uh, there's a lot that are fucking terrible, too. Um, <laughs> I wish we'd watched this together. That would have been really fun. That would have been pretty fun. That would have been good. A big thing we used to do at uni was introduce someone new to the room. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen The Room countless times now. I think this is one of those movies. I mean, just like The Room, a movie about how this was made would be fascinating and we'll get yeah, to why. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. This movie is very incoherent. I had to get the wiki up just to follow the plot because I'm like, if one of us is going to, I guess I'll, I'll get the wiki page up and follow it. Um, I could follow a lot of it, but then also... It wasn't necessarily following the plot that was confusing to me. It was just the question of why the fuck are they doing this? You know, <laughs> yeah. just like, what yeah. is going on? Who decided this was a good idea? Uh, and that was just kind of my constant state of mind. Um, until we get to the ending when I went, this has aged poorly and I hate this now uh, because of my values. Um, that's kind of mm. where I was in the last like 20 minutes. I want to I could excuse the racism until the ending. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that I, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 you're right. And, you know, I, I get repulsed by seeing Woody Allen on screen. So. I mean, that too. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. Man, terrible person. It sucks that he actually had a pretty good performance in it. I will say that. He's good. I mean, yeah, like, he's good in this. I mean, Peter Sellers also an awful person, but he's, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Oh, nowhere near as awful, let's be honest. Uh, wait until you hear the behind the scenes of this movie, Reese. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, great. It's pretty bad. I'm probably going to learn something today. I knew I knew about a lot of racism, and especially in his performances, but yeah, I'll wait and see what I'm about to hear. <laughs> uh, but Reese, what did you think of this? Uh, well, Zach was saying he wasn't sure if it was genius or the stupidest things he's ever seen. I'm very certain about that answer. It is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had fun. I think in the same way, I, I was only 50% aware about what was happening because I was witnessing what was happening. But there was no plot there, or there was ideas of plots that never joined together. Yeah. Mm. In some ways, I was trying to love it in the old tradition of a Monty Python type comedy where it's made by a group of pretty affluent men, or some of them might not have been so affluent, but you know, white men who are the privileged ones and they put themselves in scenarios with uh, scantily clad women and they make the occasional uh, racist reference. And if you can tolerate that, and see some other jokes in there that are quite good, then some sometimes some of the scenes worked really well. Yeah. Oh, and also I loved the James Bond parody elements of it. There were some bits that were really good in that regard. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It feels like three different movies smushed into one, where you've got the parody movie, the just, like, sort of silly spy movie, yes. and the, like, Monty Python nonsense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I liked the Monty Python nonsense... And, like, the parody elements that 
like some of them that were thrown in, I had good with those, and the rest of it was just like complete fucking lunacy, and I couldn't follow it, and it was very dumb. Some of the parody actually was a great idea that I wanted to see done seriously in the actual James Bond series. Yeah. Which is the idea of coming up with the code name Bond and everyone has to call themselves James Bond. Yeah. 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 I liked that idea and it, it's not going to be done seriously in a parody. That's fine. But it would be a good element in an actual Bond film. I'd love to see an origin story of the James Bond codename. Yeah, I liked that part of it. I liked as well how the training that, that all of the Bonds have to go through is very funny. Just the idea of that yeah. was very funny. Like the lining up to be kissed and seeing if you do it in a way that lets you get killed or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was like, pretty fun. I stabbed you in the back. That doesn't work. <laughs> that one scene where some guy is just kissing a bunch of models and then just throwing them on the floor. That made me laugh <laughs> a lot. That yeah. was very funny. That's the way I looked at it. That would be the actual... James Bond of the time because he yeah. was put together. He was charming. The women were swooning every time he talked. He was yeah, yeah, probably yeah. the tallest, most fit one of them all. Yeah, <laughs> that that did feel like he was the like. I thought the twist was going to be that he was the that like lover boy James Bond that the other James Bond was talking about, and he had infiltrated themselves to find out what was going on <laughs> yeah. or something. But that never came. There was nothing with that, you know. Well, yeah, I guess we should say a brief plot, not synopsis, but like the <laughs> the the concept here is David Nivem from Pink Panther and a bunch of other stuff. Um, he is pretty great. The original James Bond. So before Sean Sean Connery, it was this guy. Yeah, is the idea that they're kind of playing with, which is pretty great. I I I, I liked that a lot. Yeah, it was a good idea. Like, he was Ian Fleming's pick for James Bond. I think when he was writing the books or something, that's who he was picturing him being played as outside of himself, of course, because they were all just military fantasies that Ian Fleming wrote for himself. (laughs) But yeah, like, it's cool having him in as the original Bond. He plays it pretty straight. He's great in this movie. Absolutely. And then, yeah, he kind of takes over MI6 and he's like... We gotta defeat Smursh, and the only way to defeat Smursh is if everyone's called James Bond. And then we just get a bunch of sketches that make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, individually they do, but they don't add to the plot in any way. Yeah, exactly. No, that requires a plot to be here. <laughs> there is no plot here. Um, one of the fun facts about this movie that I'll get to in more detail later, but once they pretty much finish shooting everything that they could shoot. The producer was like, this makes no sense. We need an overarching plot. And so <laughs> one of the writers was like, the only people who aren't pissed off at this is David Nivem and Ursula Andres. We'll just shoot a bunch of framing shit with them. So mm. as terrible as this is to follow, it was going to be worse if those two didn't decide to shoot more scenes for this. Should, should, should we like finish up non-spoilers and just get into spoilers so we could like learn about shit and what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And we could talk in detail about some of the jokes that did work or some that we're a bit iffy about or whatever. There is a lot. There's a lot here. Like, when I say I have a page and a half, I've got a, I, I, I've got a page and a half of notes about how this was made. He's got, he's got a book. <laughs> I gave up with notes, but I do remember some of the jokes. <laughs> have you ever watched a movie that made you go, what? <laughs> well, I have. In this video essay, I'm... <laughs> 
things that make you go what? Let's rate this movie then. Uh, Reese, is this an oldie or a goodie? Oldie. <laughs> wow, that was you. You really debated that one. You really had to think about this that one. This is the first time I haven't asked. Can we do both? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah, definitely an oldie for me. I enjoyed it in a I don't know. I like bad movies sort of way, but this is definitely a bad film. Zach, yeah, what do you think? Exactly. It's poorly made, it's it's aged badly, so it's an old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty much the definition of an oldie that we have on the show. But, but guy, I don't know, guys. Oh, I don't no. know. Like, Woody Allen. Uh, no, it's an oldie. It's oldie. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can't criticise this for objectifying women more than actual James Bond films do. That's true. In fact, they do it less, maybe. They do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Which is funny because they're making fun of that as well. They're like, they're putting it in deliberately to try and make fun of it, but also... This is actually the superior film when it comes to that because they're aware (laughs) that that happens. Yeah. Anyway, three oldies for Casino Royale, obviously. Uh, Let's go into spoilers. Let's do it. Well, howdy there. It's me, Selly McSeller, and I got another podcast ad for you. Now, you might look at me and think, yeehaw, that there is an American who loves his rock and roll, loves his sort of music with the guitars in them. And while it's true, while I do enjoy a good rock song, I also love the opera. I go to the opera all the time, and that's why I'm absolutely jazzed to see the Sandro and Zach are reviewing a movie called Opera. Here's a clip. And we see a maid. She's carrying a bunch of plates. She walks upstairs. The plates crash. And everyone's like, <laughs> told you she was carrying too many plates. <laughs> Nothing bad happened there. We're not going to go help the mage no. now that we've heard her crash. No, we're just going to leave. I'm like, what? At least go help the fucking maid, which is clearly like, you know, dropped some shit or something. Yeah, like worst case scenario, she was murdered. That's what happened. Best case yeah. scenario, she fell over and she's old. Like, help her. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> fucking assholes. Anyway. Oh, wait a second. The movie's about murder. Well, that's very rock and roll. So if you like opera and rock and roll like me, go to patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod and get that bonus episode right Right now on the movie opera. You can also get ad-free and early episodes too. Yeehaw! So, this movie started in the 50s. The story of how the rights get to the guy who made the movie is hilarious. So, (laughs) an American buys the rights to Casino Royale for like $6,000 so that he can make an episode of a TV show called Casino Royale, except it's for Americans and James Bond is called Jimmy Bond or some shit. Mm. He makes that episode of TV. No one cares. Everyone's like, I don't really give a fuck about this. Uh, So... He's like, well, I've still got the rights to Casino Royale. That episode didn't do very well. I'm going to make my own movie out of it. So he's like, I'm going to make a Casino Royale movie. Ian Fleming, he writes a script for it, uh, which is... I think it's completely lost. I don't think you can get that script anywhere. Um, It would be kind of interesting to see how he wrote a film script for his own work, but uh, they weren't even going to use it in the movie anyway. Um, It's kind of stuck in development hell for ages. Uh, And then the guy who has the rights, he dies. He just dies, Um, you know, which happens sometimes. So his widow is like, I got the rights to Casino Royale for sale. Who wants to buy the rights to Casino Royale? Whoa. And a producer man called Charles K. Feldman was like, I'll buy the rights to Casino Royale off of you. 
the widow. I, I did not expect this part to go long. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck is happening? I did not expect the plot to be in the making of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more plot in the making of this movie than the movie. Exactly. What's going there on? There is. A movie about how this is made would be fascinating. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the rights to Casino Royale now, and then the Broccolis and whatever, the Eon production, all that thing, they make Doctor No, it's a huge hit. Um, It isn't initially a huge hit in America until I think the uh, Kennedy was like, I really liked From Russia With Love, and then everyone's like, oh my god, we loved, we love James Bond now, it, you know, it becomes like a massive international hit. Um, And so he's like, I've been sitting on the rights to probably the best James Bond novel, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna bloody make my own movie. <laughs> mm. And so he contacts Sean Connery and is like, "Be in my movie." And Sean Connery's like, "No." <laughs> I, yeah, good call, good call, Sean. He's like, "I'm kind of sick of these movies. Also, I just want to hit my wife constantly, so I don't really want to yeah. do this, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. movie unless you pay me a lot of money." He was like, "If you pay me a million dollars, I will do it." And then, obviously, the producer was like, don't have that money. But he still... He paid Peter Sellers a million dollars to be in this movie. So just get Sean Connery at that point. Like, yeah, yeah. If that's... you have the money, get Connery. <laughs> you dumb-dumb. What a dummy. So, yeah, he originally wanted to make an actual adaptation. He was in talks with the Broccoli family to make an actual Casino Royale movie. But he wanted all of the profits. So, obviously, they weren't going to let him do that. And so he's he just kind of ended up being like I'm gonna I'm gonna make a parody I'm gonna make a, a goofy parody and I'm gonna get in a bunch of comedy people I think he'd already worked with Woody Allen on, at that point so like he was locked in he was a writer at the time um, uh, although in all interviews around this movie Woody Allen was always like I didn't write this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find very funny. That's hilarious. I didn't write it. It just feels like I did. <laughs> uh, so the budget of this movie was originally $6 million. It ended up being $12 because the production of this was fucking terrible. So there are five directors attached to this, three writers. They were all given scripts for their section of the movie. And that's it. They had no idea what the fuck this movie was about. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just kind of given a like a sketch and then told to go off and shoot it for a couple weeks and this is where yeah we kind of go through the movie i guess and i bring up some fun facts as we as we as we get there uh the movie opens with bond he's retired and m comes around and m's like we need your help i yeah i'm just absorbing the movie i just watched listening to you <laughs> say that like wow because the start of the movie, I'm just trying to remember it. They they go and visit James Bond. No, there's like that little contact scene at the start, which comes back around, right? With that one agent. Contact scene at the start? Oh, like there's the old guy who talks with the guy and then they go and visit James Bond. Peter Sellers is wearing a grey suit. The guy's wearing a hat and they, the guy leans in and says, are you James Bond? Yeah, they're in like a little booth. Yeah. I was waiting for that to go somewhere too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I thought I thought they were going to reference any it's just a small <laughs> bit before they go visit James Bond. It is, and then we see the two of them later on. Yes. But not in a way that connects to the first scene. <laughs> yeah. None, none of that matter. There's a lot of like shotgun on the mantelpiece and it like shows you the shotgun yeah. and then it shows you it later. But it's just showing you it. It doesn't use the gun. No. The reason probably is because they weren't able to shoot the ending of yeah. <laughs> what they wanted to shoot. So that first section of the movie, which is 
M trying to recruit James Bond, then M dies because <laughs> of some weird convoluted reason, and then Bond has to hang out with M's widow, and it's a bunch of women trying to seduce him or some shit. So that whole section was meant to take a couple weeks to shoot, but the guy who was directing it, who is the guy who played M, just wanted a vacation. So he extended production for like a couple months and uh, just kind of <laughs> fucked around and delayed production by, I think, at least three months. Jeez. Because he wanted to go fox hunting or something. That isn't as bad as the guy that Netflix paid $55 million to and he spent it on an expensive car, crypto coins and things <laughs> yeah. like that and didn't make the show. It's the same sort of thing. I mean, it I is. think... Hollywood bad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> And then that kind of became a running theme with the uh, with the production of this movie. Very briefly with Woody Allen, he was hired. He wasn't that popular at the time. So he was literally being paid to sit in a hotel room until production caught up to him. He was waiting six months wow. over time to shoot his scenes. So he just wrote his first popular movie. And he just rewrote all of his dialogue, which is why he probably has the better dialogue in the movie, because he just rewrote it all, mm. <laughs> which is very funny. I did like the, what if I told you I was married? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. With the gun squad, that was pretty funny. I mean, look, awful guy, but he, yeah, he, 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 he was funny. Yeah, there are people out there who behave terribly, but they're very talented. Woody Allen, Kevin Spacey, nowhere near in the same league, Joss Whedon. Moving on to Peter Sellers, he was hired for a million dollars for some reason. Damn, that's a twelfth of the budget. Yeah, and he was the absolute worst. Um, He wanted this to be a serious James Bond movie, so he refused to do jokes. Aside from the times when he did do jokes, which was mostly him doing accents, which I don't think he wanted them to put in the movie. I think they were meant to be bloopers. But they had a whole scene where he dresses up as all sorts of characters. Yeah. Because he's excellent at voices. No, but there is like a plot point thing with a woman speaking Irish, but then she switches to French because she's actually a spy, right? That was with uh, David Niven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like accents were important for that, right? I didn't even realise that that was meant to be Em's Widow. <laughs> No, no, no. She, she's not M's widow. She's uh. a spy pretending to be M's widow. Yeah, but if you didn't pay attention to a single line of dialogue delivered with the thickest Scottish accent you can imagine, yeah. you just wouldn't get that information. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I knew she was a widow. I didn't realize it was meant to be M's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jesus. But she's not M's. She's just part of this weird assassin group thing that's yep. trying to not kill James Bond at first because they could probably have done that. They're trying to corrupt him. Yes, they're trying to... Well, because original James Bond is meant to be a celibate. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> yes. But not in the way the movie thinks it is. It's funny in contrast to what the character becomes. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and again, this is the part of the movie that I was able to follow was this bit where the widow and the girls are trying to corrupt James Bond, which is very funny because obviously we think of James Bond as a big womanizer yeah. Yeah. and uh, he, this guy's celibate. So it's, it's very funny. Because he's trying to keep his dignity and not, not fall for that. And they're all just like, come on, we think you're hot. We want to. Yeah, we want to bang. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But him turning them all down makes the spy actually fall in love with him, so she tells him all the information. 
Yeah, and, and the fact that he's like super fucking strong for no reason. <laughs> oh yeah, that scene was pretty which funny. Which is really <laughs> funny. Because we get a scene where these big Scottish lads uh, wrestle yes. with him. Wessel. And the wessel is where they toss like... Um, cannonballs. Concrete boulders at each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cannonballs. And one of them couldn't even pick it up. His back went, and I could relate to that. That bit was quite <laughs> funny. I was like, hey, this is this is good, good, funny s- sketch. That was when I started feeling, like, ah, yes, this is British Monty Python humour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah that's the, this is the Monty Python bit of this movie. Yeah. And, um... Uh, of course, all these big Scottish lads, which look giant and beefy, like they all fail miserably, except maybe the last one. But uh, James Bond manages to beat him just by being unbelievably strong for some reason. Yeah. Without even trying. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot about this James Bond that's very odd. He also has a stutter for no reason, and oh, then it goes yeah. away for no reason. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was ableist or not. <laughs> it, I, uh... I think it is. Well, the thing is, Joe Biden's got a stutter. He's had training to get over it. So it's achievable. So I just figured, I thought he's in a professional position when he suddenly stops stuttering. It's almost like it could be a commentary on the expectation that they're not supposed to stutter in such a senior position. Mm, But I don't think this film is that aware. Yeah, yeah, I was was going, you are giving so much credit to this fucking film. This was ableist as shit. (laughs) (laughs) This this isn't the sort of film to make that sort of point. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, um, I felt like it was ableist because he was like, uh, that was the joke was that it was like, oh, he's a super spy, but haha, he has a stutter, lol. And then he says, I've got no more time for that now. Yeah, I've got no time for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely the ableist side. That's the bit that made me think it was ableist. But I did find that funny, though. Unfortunately, I felt I felt bad, but I also felt that very funny. It is a little bit funny. I think it's more that I think that was the wraparound story. So they shot that at the end of production, and they forgot. Nice. <laughs> that he was meant to stutter, maybe. Oh <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just forgot. And then that they're he like, was... they're filming scene five. Wait, did you have a stutter when we were filming this months ago? Oh yeah. Oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, you know what that? Yeah, yeah, that that totally makes sense because it is just very abruptly. He's like, "Oh, I don't stutter anymore." Yeah, yeah, and that did feel like they had forgotten he had a stutter and just like put that in so they could have him not stutter throughout the film. Yeah. Man, the way that M dies too, it's like. In order to get James Bond back on his side, he orders his house to be skyfold and destroyed. And then he just dies in the explosion somehow. Yeah. Like, I get the idea they blow up his house and it's like, oh, you can blame it on a terrorist attack. And then, hey, James Bond, you got to help us fight these terrorists that blew up your house. And Bond's like, well, I wasn't going to join you before, but now that my house is gone, I have a vendetta, you know, that sort of thing. Right. But it's just not that. It's just not what happened. Em's just dead now, and now James Bond's like, well, I guess I'll go. Yeah. And then he goes, he, he arrives in the office, sees Money Penny, grabs her and kisses her, and she says, actually, I'm Money Penny's daughter. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> that was, I laughed at that. I liked this version of Money Penny's daughter, though. It was a good Money Penny. Oh yeah, I liked it, especially because that's what he does. He just leaps right in there with a pretty woman, and then it's, actually, I'm her daughter. Oh god. Like, oh no, you're probably my daughter then. Yes. <laughs> it, it was weird, though, because. He's meant to be the the celibate James Bond, and he's not meant to be a womanizer. But then in this scene, he was a womanizer. Like, this movie doesn't make any sense. I know. <laughs> maybe he became celibate out of shame of knocking up Money Penny. Uh, maybe <laughs> the amount of quotes I have from the first part of the movie. He takes 
M's toupee to his widow <laughs> and is like, this can only be described as a heirloom. It's <laughs> kind of funny. I liked the line where um the women are trying to seduce him and one of them's in like the bathtub and she's like, my daddy used to call me his little thermometer. And I was like, that's a weird line. I'm going to write that down. But my favorite has to be... I didn't like that. My favorite has to be... um. The spy who's pretending to be M's widow likes him now, gives him all of the exposition that doesn't matter. <laughs> she then just starts to die. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is so sad. You're a great, like, thank you for helping me. And she's like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And he's like, wait, why are you dying? And she's like, I'm not dying. I'm giving up my life. There's a convent over that hill, and then she yeah. just becomes a nun, which is very funny. <laughs> it is, it is. That, that's, that's the Monty Python uh, part of the movie showing up again. Yeah, it's very good. Well, she's, like, not actually dying. She's just becoming a nun. <laughs> One of my favourite lines that stood out was right at the beginning when you got a French person, a Russian person, and an American person, an M, representing Britain. They're driving along, and they're among lions, and the Russian goes, I refuse to be devoured by symbols of monarchy. <laughs> Exactly. That's funny because this is an MGM movie too. So uh, pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another another bit with the money penny scene because right afterwards we get introduced to one of my favorite characters just based on the performance and the way he talks. It's Hadley, sir. <laughs> May I say welcome back, Sir James? Ah, yes, and you would be my father's son, sir. And he doesn't even explain really who he is. Oh, yeah, that's true. He doesn't explain that. That's funny. I forgot that, yeah. 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 Who's your father? And he doesn't say. He doesn't even ask who's your father. He just goes, ah, yes, right. And the look on his face is, that helps, dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't ask either. He doesn't question it. I just love the way he speaks, sir. So James Bond is now head of MI6, and he's like, everyone's going to be James Bond because yeah, it'll confuse everyone. Right, and so far the the plot's somewhat consistent-ish, you know? Kinda. To this point, yeah. Cause you've got you've got evil spy woman killing uh James Bonds out there, right? Killing spies. Yeah. Spies are too horny and they're getting <laughs> killed by uh fucking being fuckboys. Yeah. Yep. And that's like the overarching plot, right? Because now We've got celibate James Bond in, mm. and he's got to fix goddamn MI yep. because they're way too fucking horny. Yeah, and I was on board. I was like, "Yeah, I get it. They're too horny. Fuck them." Yeah, th- th- this was funny, and he's like, "We need an anti-female spy device." <laughs> Some shit was something he said. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, there. So far, there is some sort of overarching plot. There's some weird stuff and some pretty funny humor as well. Yeah, again, that one scene where that American guy who's good at karate is just kissing women and then throwing them on the ground. Very funny. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we had like that car chase with the milk. Oh, I liked that a lot because it was so... I think it had to be deliberately terribly done because they go around the corner at some point and all the milk falls out. And then the next shot, all the milk is back in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I thought, right? But I'm pretty sure it's that that whole like disparity is not deliberate. <laughs> the jokes are deliberate, but the disparity doesn't seem to be. I mean, it depends who directed that sequence because there's one director in this who I think knew what he was doing. And maybe he directed the car chase. I don't know. It depends if the guy who plays M directed it or not. If he directed it, it was not deliberate at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz there's literally the gun on the mantelpiece later which disappears. Uh, and I guess that is 
Like, it feels like a parody. So, that that's the problem. I really don't know if it's a mistake or, or a parody, right? Mm, yeah. But this scene also had, like, that, like, spy woman command center that was sending orders out. That never comes back, ever. True. Literally ever. Yeah. We don't know what that was. We don't know any of those things. And I was excited to learn what that was. Ne- never comes back. Never. Well, we find out what Smirsh is, but not... To the extent that this movie is trying to explain it. Yeah, Also, yeah, yeah. Smirsh is a real thing that Stalin set up. Ah. So is it meant to be a joke on Spectre? Or... Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a joke on Spectre. I, f- I forgot that Stalin set it up. I thought it was, yeah, a Spectre joke. Yeah, like, it has to be a joke on Spectre, but then why name it after an actual thing, anyway? Real, I... yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because they're uncreative, Sandra. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, so... Yeah, the, there's a chase scene. Uh, Lady Spy tries to kill him in a car by baiting him to an explosive milk truck, <laughs> but uh, James Bond just outmaneuvers her, and she gets blown up by the milk truck. Was this after? No, that was a Timothy Dalton one, wasn't it? With the milkman. That was yeah. That was the eighties. Yeah. So maybe James Bond buried this. <laughs> I mean, in one of the Pierce Brosnan movies, there's a line directly from this movie where I think Peter Sellers is like, I love an exploding pen. And that line is said almost directly lifted from this movie in one of his movies. Yeah. And I love the way, I think in that scene, they're even making fun of him saying that because every new James Bond applicant comes in and makes the same joke. Exactly. So the guy's giving him the pen made a joke of that <laughs> so maybe maybe the living daylights took <laughs> the milkman from this movie who knows maybe they did <laughs> the the thing i liked and ignoring who plays him because it's a really problematic figure but i just love the joke of jimmy bond <laughs> a shorter american kind of clumsy <laughs> kind of guy no, he is very good in this. I liked, yeah, the, it's, kind, it's kind of racist, but the joke where, like, he's in front of a firing squad, he goes to jump the wall to get to the next country over, yes. and there's just another firing squad. Yes. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, it's, it's even funnier because it was a very James Bond thing. His cigarette, he lit it, smoked it, one puff, and then throws it, and it blows up. And then he climbs over the, the wall going, <laughs> up yours, suckers. And then, oh, God, there's another firing squad. <laughs> He isn't in this much, but I, I hate to say that he's the most consistently funny person in the movie. Uh, but he is. That's the annoying thing. I, I, I mean, on screen, Sellers is pretty good too, but I feel like I'm going to learn more about some of the behind the scenes stuff. Well, speaking of Mr. Sellers, yeah, that's the next section of the movie. So it is. David Nevin recruits Vespa Lind, who is the Bond girl from Casino Royale. She's in the Daniel Craig one. She's yep. the love interest and stuff. Um, Great character. Love her in the remake. Uh, she's played by <laughs> Ursula Andres in this, who or was Honey Rider in Dr. No. Ha-ha. She's back, except it is her actual voice in this one. She's not dubbed over. And her job is to recruit Peter Sellers, whose name is Evelyn Tremble. Yes. Which is very funny because he's got a Bond girl name. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They did really, like, put it on the nose, though, when the lady comes over and, like, isn't that a girl's name? (laughs) I was like, yes, that's the joke, movie. You don't have to rub it in my fucking face. I fucking get it. I get the joke. But could you you have not... If they just avoided that line, I would have been much happier with that joke. But it was just like, god damn it. They really had to point it out for everyone. So he gets recruited to play a game of Baccarat against <laughs> Le Chief, who is Orson Welles. I would say this two like people plotline was like this B plot 
throughout this movie, which turned into the ending, and I was very confused by this B-plot the whole time. <laughs> well, because this is the plot of the novel. Oh! This is what Peter, like Casino Royale is, though. Is, what? But it is treated like a weird B-plot that, t- that doesn't matter. There, wait, yeah. this is the Casino Royale plot? I mean, yes. that makes sense, right? Because it does lead into the Baccarat thing, which I figured was the big plot. Yeah. But <laughs> it is just like a side plot, and it's weird because it's really hard to follow. Yeah. And like... Yeah, it's it's bad. Oh yeah, I should say the reason why uh, the director of this didn't just make Casino Royale the book, but funny, and decided to to rewrite it was because he said it's such a funny quote. He was like, "Every other James Bond movie has basically done everything from Casino Royale, aside from the part in Casino Royale. So <laughs> aside from that, I've got to rewrite everything, which is very funny." <laughs> But anyway, uh, Peter Sellers, I mean, yeah, like, I love him in Doctor Strangelove, in Pink Panther. Very pro- problematic movie, but The Party, I did watch it a couple times as a kid. Uh, looking back on it, incredibly racist, and his performance is fucked. A lot of his performances are problematic, but he's so talented he does them well. Yeah, no, exactly. He is very funny, and he's great on screen. Um but yeah, anyway, he took the performance here really seriously and was just a pain to work with. Um, there's a scene where, when we're introduced to Vesper Lind, she's wearing a pink outfit for no reason. Do you remember that? Yeah, very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason for that is because they were going to shoot a scene where she's riding an elephant in that outfit, but Peter Sellers had a dream where his mum was like, don't do the scene, it's a bad idea. And so he forced them to cut it, but she liked the outfit, so she kept it and (laughs) basically forced them to let her wear it in a scene. I mean, fair enough. (laughs) That's funny. I mean... I had nothing against it. I thought it was, it was, you know, just like a silly thing that was just in the film. Yeah. I wish they'd used that outfit more. It was a good outfit. I'm, I'm with her. Yeah. Uh, all power to it. That outfit was, that outfit was great. No, for sure. I, I think that's pretty funny. Uh, every scene with Peter Sellers and Orson Welles, they hated each other. So they were never on set together. Wow. Uh, which is why every scene with them is incredibly awkward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could tell by the cinematography. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Also, Orson Welles could only do one take at a time and then he had to shower in between every take because the studio lights were too hot for him and he was very sick so oh yeah i thought he did look a little like pale i thought i thought he did quite well i I liked him when he was on screen he was great yeah the fact that he's doing magic tricks is very odd but he is funny oh yeah no that 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 was funny that was right it was just like oh he's this big bad guy thing oh he's just doing magic tricks for some reason i need a handkerchief you know i need these flags i need (laughs) yeah that's the monty python part of it I like I liked it because it felt like he was a parody of like the cocky villain where they're like I'm a genius you know I can't be beaten um but the way he displays his like cockiness and his thing is just like he does silly magic tricks I thought that was a great like just quirk of this bad guy mm. So back to Peter Sellers though yeah um he was the worst to work with he got in a fist fight with the director at some point which is pretty Jesus. funny wow. not funny haha but you know it, like oh my god um he also sometimes just didn't show up he was going through a messy divorce at the time and for weeks on end he just wouldn't show up to set 
And um, you don't have mobile phones back in the 60s, obviously, so no one knew where he was, and they just had to wait around and waste money until he decided to show up wow. like, weeks later. Jesus. Uh, Far out. So, yeah, he was eventually fired. More stuff led up to that, though. There's a scene where he's in a bedroom. A character called Miss Goodthighs shows up, yes. which, is, which is very funny. It's, uh, it's a funny name. Which is one of the great... Bond jokes in this film. Exactly. There's like, that's the parody part of this film, yep. you know? And he's meant to like shoot the cork out of a, her champagne glass or something. Um, that's meant to be the joke. No, what he did was he, uh, without warning, just fired a blank in her face. Whoa. Um, wounding her pretty badly. Jesus. Uh, you know, she had shrapnel all over her face because of that. And then, uh, she also dropped the champagne bottle on her foot and broke it. So. Oh, God. Whoa. He, he was, he was awful to work with. Yeah. You know, real awful, real awful guy. Holy crap. Like a big piece of shit. Fuck. Yeah, 100, 100%. And so he was fired, even though they had filmed most of the ending of his sequence. There was meant to be more. Yeah. They didn't shoot everything they wanted to, but they shot a lot of it. Uh, they didn't shoot the very ending of his story, though, which is why he's just shot. <laughs> ah. Which is why he's just shot. Because they didn't have the footage of him stopping the sheaf. So they're like, uh, Vespalin betrays him and shoots him in a weird dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, there you go. So, yeah, just, he was just kind of the worst. I maintain that Woody Allen is the worst guy in this film mm-hmm. because of the magnitude of his crime and the significance of it. But yes, that's appalling behavior. Maybe from- the worst. Worst person overall, but yes. the worst person in the shooting on this film. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Goes goes to this one. Wow. Yeah, we've got a character cast, haven't we? We really do. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Like Woody Allen is. I mean, he is literally a criminal and yes. belongs in jail. Um, but Peter Sellers, I mean, also potentially a criminal. But uh, I mean, yeah, with the blank. Yeah. That yeah, is- yeah. I mean, I don't mean to get too serious, but Alec Baldwin is, through an accident, he's going through some legal problems because of his accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas that was deliberate with that blank in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's legal problems from an accident. Yeah. This is deliberate. Yeah. Imagine if that happened nowadays. Oh, God, yeah. It just reminds me of, like, Jared Leto. Like, he's oh. just, yeah, he's just yeah. the worst for no reason. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's method acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it here and now. I used to find method acting really interesting, but it's actually the laziest acting. Mm-hmm. You have to be in character all the time you're working on the film. You're not very good at acting then. <laughs> oh, savage, but also true. My favourite acting is when I've been doing a show with someone, we've got a conversation going on backstage, we hear our cue, we walk on stage, and suddenly we're our characters who are completely different than us. That is mm. acting. Exactly. <laughs> How about you method acting being a good actor? Yeah. <laughs> The only other fun fact I have on this movie is uh, that there is a song in this movie called The Look of Love by Dusty Springfield. That's right. It won an Oscar. It's the only part of this movie. It was like nominated for an Oscar. You know, it was made for the movie. It's a classic song. The producer wanted to get rid of it because it wasn't funny. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The only good part of the film and they wanted to get rid of it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, let's get back to the plot. Yeah. Everything with Peter Sellers happens. What <laughs> happened? I don't, I don't fucking know what <laughs> yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, try to figure out what the fuck's going on. Where are we in the story? Okay. I mean, that's where my favorite Monty Python Bond parody parts of the film come from, actually. 
I reckon, because there's the bit where he's kitted out with all the gadgets. And I, James Bond gadgets, I've got a really weird relationship with because I do like the idea it's a spy agency. They do have cutting edge technology, but some of them get really silly and they make fun of the silly ones in this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like there's this this thing. You can make sure it's in the pocket with the switchblade combined Geiger counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have the like vest with like a million things in it. Yeah. I like that they had Apple watches. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because uh, I, I always make that joke because I, I have worked in the retails. Mm. And people use Apple Watches to, uh, you know, to, to pay for things. And every time someone does that, I say, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Bond. <laughs> uh, that's that's my running joke with that one. And then they literally had Apple Watches at this, and I'm like, ha-ha! Thank you very funny, much. Funny, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was another one. I think we mentioned Miss Good Thighs, which, again, that's a good James Bond parody name. Very good joke, yeah. But in terms of... Putting a bit of sex in there without actually showing anything. He played piano on her, and I know we, we could all get the joke out of that one. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> that was. I laughed at that as well, yeah. That was weird, because she drugs him, but then he adds the antidote, but then the antidote just doesn't work. They forgot to film it. That's what happened. Ah. Oh. <laughs> the way I explained that was he put the antidote in there, but it doesn't 100% remove it. He's still going to be screwed in the head a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you had to, because it protects you for 24 hours. So I thought he had to drink it earlier. Oh, yeah. that could, There we go. That could be part of it. I thought that was the joke, but it makes more sense that they just forgot to film shit. That they didn't finish it because he was a piece of shit working with. <laughs> yeah, I think potentially she quit. And so they weren't able to shoot the ending of her scene, which is why she's shot off screen by Vesper Limp. <laughs> I mean, that's probably because her eye was nearly taken out or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. And her foot was broken. I think that might have been what happened. I'm not 100% certain on that. But yeah. Yeah. I, th- I And then I thought like the plot was going to be like she stole the money or something. But then, nope, that's just... Just ignore all of what just happened. <laughs> that didn't matter. We're moving on with the plot. Oh man, we get a musical sequence when he's passed out too, which is like, oh yeah, James <laughs> Bond gonna save the day or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then the one at the end is really funny. It's right at the end. There are eight brothers called Bond, and only seven of them went to heaven. The other one went somewhere where it's very hot or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good. Which was very fitting, given that it was little Jimmy Bond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we see Wooden, uh, Woody Allen go to hell, which is, <laughs> which ah, well, there you go. There's not much else with the Peter Sellers section. Oh, I like the moment where uh, they are at Casino Royale. He wins the game. So Orson Welles is like, we got to kidnap them. (laughs) And they kidnap Vespa outside of the casino. Peter Sellers walks outside and is like, have you seen a woman? And like the people at the door are like, um, would that be a young lady with a black bag over her head being manhandled by two men? If so, that she went that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes up to this racing car driver and says, follow that car. And he starts running after it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was a, that was a multi-Python joke right there, which was very funny. It was, it was. That's my, one of my favorite bits. And he's always oh, dressed in the racing gear as well. He goes, fine, I'll do it myself. And yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do it myself. And then it smash cuts to him being captured. So yeah. I assumed there was meant to be something else there. He oh, was just- absolutely. That was the bit in the film where I was like, what, what just happened? What? Did my download fail? Like, <laughs> was that supposed to be in the film? I was like, that was the bit that confused me so much. I had to, like, double check before we started recording that I got the correct amount of film viewed. Like, 
I was so like, whoa, that was really bad. That was, that was like, that hurt me how bad that was, you know? I don't know. I thought it was all part of the joke and it was kind of funny. Because <laughs> it felt like it was like part of it and a joke because they just had a scene which was really funny and like clearly a joke, right? But then he's captured and it was just like, is it is that part of the joke? I was waiting for it to all come together and it just kept <laughs> unraveling. And and that was the bit that got me, I feel, that I was just like, what what is yeah. anything anymore? I did like the dream sequence because it was trippy as balls and what the fuck is going on. <laughs> but all these bagpipes. <laughs> at, at least have if they had if they had the whole like, and now for something completely different. <laughs> like, you know, in between, that would have made that completely fine, right? Yeah. But it was just the smash cut to it. I was like, what? Yeah, that was really weird. Also, the dream sequence was like, a director was fired, a new director came in, they had a giant white circle in the middle of a soundstage that they were going to use for something, but no one told him what they were going to use it for. So they just kind of waited around until they got the script for what to do with this giant white circle. And they got Peter O'Toole in as well. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like no news happened as to what they were meant to do, so Peter Sellers was like, what about a dream sequence with bagpipes? And so they were like, all right, we'll shoot that. And then Peter O'Toole randomly shows up in this dream sequence. Playing and, bagpipes, yep. <laughs> which is so odd. And then Peter Sellers is shot by Vespa because she betrays him. But it's a dream sequence, so how is he dead? I mean, I know why, because they weren't able to shoot the ending of him, because yeah. he was fired, but, like, what? what? Oh, well, maybe, the, maybe uh, what's his name, Orson Welles, the chief, went too far with the torture. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I thought. It, the, the problem is they don't wrap up literally, like, anything. No. Which, which you could have salvaged this by saying, you know, oh, yeah, the bad guy just kills him. You know, because that's actually that's actually a funny ending for a Bond film where the Bond villain just wins, like where he's just like, oh, no, I just killed James Bond. Like instead of the whole like, I'll leave you to slowly lower into a fucking vat of acid or whatever. And then he gets away. Right. Mm. It's no. Oh, no, I just killed him. You know, that would have been a funny ending. That's true. But they just didn't do that. Yeah. There's one bit they tie up is Le Chiffre's storyline. And it's two other people walking. He's looking at a video feed of two people walking through from a lift or an elevator, walking forward. One of them gets a gun out of its pocket and then punches through the screen and shoots him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was very funny. Uh, but also, Vespa betrays Peter Sellers in the dream sequence, but then she also betrays David Niven later in the movie as well. It's because she's a traitor. <laughs> she is a traitor? Anyway, whatever. Um, okay, the other there's another storyline in this movie, which makes no fucking sense, but I am glad that we did cover Dr. Caligari uh, as our first episode of the year, because this directly feeds into that. Um, David Niven's original James Bond had a daughter with Mata Hari, who was a dancer who was convicted of being a spy during the first world war <laughs> she definitely right. wasn't but she was convicted of being a spy and i think she was executed or something in france um wow he had a daughter with that person which is this random character called mata bond and she's introduced in a very racist and yep incredibly long dance sequence <laughs> Ah, we're getting to the racist portion of this movie. Nice. Yeah, Monty Python comedy. 
And that's true. <laughs> um, it goes full Temple of Doom for a hot second, this movie. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, the, the other lady, they say that lady who you said was a real life lady who got wrongfully convicted, which is fucked up, by the way. Yeah. But yep. James Bond says, the context now makes this line way worse, where she's like, oh, she was a great dancer, but a terrible spy. I'm hoping my daughter will be the opposite. Yep, know? because she was because she was caught and executed, even to her that she wasn't even a spy. That's fucked up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good, is it? <laughs> no. Um. But then, yeah. So we get a scene where we see an actress pr- who can probably dance pretend to not be able to dance yeah. <laughs> because she's got to be a spy later and she's got to be better at spying. So she does like a weird half dance with better dancers behind her, but it's also a white woman. So like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not very good. There's mm. a lot in this sequence. that's not great. There was a line where she's like, Oh bond. If you weren't my dad, I think I could fancy you. Uh. Which was weird. It's Bond, it's funny. Deborah. I don't know. <laughs> I say, if she wasn't my daughter, maybe I would. <laughs> yeah, oh, my true, actually. I think Trump's just a big fan of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, that's it. That's a that's an unfortunately a running theme, apparently, <laughs> when you've got uh, dads and daughters. Because at the start, they have, like, the dad with M was, like, in a house full of young daughters. But they were all spies, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. But that wasn't real. But then this one is, right? So it's <laughs> it's just weird, right? Very weird. Good thing Woody Allen wasn't involved with this. Ah, true. And then there's a flying saucer. <laughs> well, yeah, so then she's told to infiltrate Smirsh's training, which... This was so funny. She goes to Berlin via cab, <laughs> and the joke with the Berlin Wall is so is one of the funniest jokes in the movie. Where Absolutely, yeah. It's just two sides, and the house that she needs to get to is like right in the middle of the wall. As well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is one of the better scenes of the film, I think, where she goes into this. We we meet the spy lady mm. and the weird like electric heart guy yeah the robot guy who's not at all it's pretty funny bond joke just a robot guy who's not a robot yeah 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 Yeah, a bit like jaws or whatever yeah exactly and she does a bit of spy work in the very um as you say uh dr caligari sort of like abstract yeah scenery which is made fun of with the robot guy tries to climb the stairs and he like struggles because they're at weird angles (laughs) and it's like really hard to actually climb up because it's so abstract and weird i thought that was pretty funny it's very funny but also why is it in the movie why (laughs) why is there a why is it a doctor is it because it's a monty python sketch yeah, well, like, the only the only link that I can find is that was a German movie, this is set in Germany. Mm. Is that the joke? I, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> she does some spy work. Uh, there's, like, they're selling pictures of, like, blackmail pictures. Yes. To blackmail famous people. Um, and so they've got a bunch of countries bidding on it. Yeah, so this is the most typical, usual, embarrassing photo that would be very embarrassing to have turn up in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how the conversation was going. But she steals them, um, she flushes them in the toilet, but it's the rotating toilet. She's doing the thing with that. 
Uh, and then a uh, fight breaks out because they're chasing her. They're like, get those pictures. <laughs> yeah. I love the bit. I love this bit where they're all like uh, calling back to their home countries saying <laughs> oh, yeah. that there's a lot going on. This British guy goes, yes, hello, darling. I'm afraid I won't be at home tonight because there's a war broken out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, she... She swaps the film out from the blackmail pictures to like a war film. Yeah. And so all these and like I think it's actually happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They batten down the hatches. They're like, oh they yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> as uh, that guy said that. That was pretty good. That was funny. I liked the fight scene with Chad the Benny Hill theme in the background? Yeah. That was very odd. That was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it turns into that and she gets like a fire extinguisher and she's just like having a great time yeah. just like fire extinguishing people. It's like, oh. And and then Bernard Cribbins comes and picks her up. Yeah. Yeah, the taxi driver who's like, where's my fare? Where's my fare? Actually, I'm a secret agent. I'm here to help you. You know? <laughs> I love the way he's got a British flag stuck on his back. Actually. Yeah, that was yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was on the nose. Man, the scene where all the countries are uh, putting in bids for the photo and China's like, oh, oh, seven million tons of price. Oh, yeah. yeah. The racism really kicks in hard with this with this section. Oof. Oh, absolutely. And it does not let up. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the racism until the ending, I'm like, it's the 60s. It was a different time, I, you know. I'm and like, it's made by a bunch of men. Exactly. I'm like, you like, know. They, they say outrageous stuff, you know. I'm like, it is what it is. But then when we get to the ending, I'm like, no, this is unforgivable. <laughs> this is actually really bad. This is, yeah. this is pretty bad. What was the joke? There was an incredibly niche joke where she escapes the building, is running through the streets, goes to escape through yes. the grate in the ground, opens it up, and then the song What's New Pussycat is playing, and she's whoa, like, ew, gross. Whoa. Yeah, that is, a re- that is a reference to a movie that the producer of this produced, written by Woody Allen, also starring Peter O'Toole, Peter Sellers, and Ursula Andres. Whoa, it's Jesus. a movie that they made called What's New Pussycat. Oh. It's a reference to them being like, that movie that we made was terrible wow i think wow this movie's throwing shade this movie that's like the shadiest shade or maybe this was filmed after sellers had been such a dickhead and they're like screw you mate yeah we're gonna do this scene maybe i don't know because everyone who made that movie hated that movie so i'm guessing it was (laughs) a joke on i'm very confused but either way it's such a random reference to put in your movie well, the one I was confused about was the bloody UFO, where she's again, she's running around and she gets picked up by one of the palace guards in London, and then they ride on a horse into a UFO and fly <laughs> off. Mm. That UFO, it looked pretty good, though. I did, actually, yeah. And then there's a thing, uh, David Niven tried to contact the Air Force and said, uh, please get your fastest plane on it. Oh, what's that? They stopped making those two weeks ago? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like a joke about budget cuts that come from governments. That's kind of funny. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, she's she's kidnapped by a Smurf, a, a Smurf, a Smurf, Smurf. UFO, <laughs> Smurf, and then she's taken to the hideout, which looked amazing. Mm-mm. It did look pretty good. Large scale Bond set, actually a bit, you know, Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory sort of thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. I I will say throughout this mill movie, like the set designs and like yeah. special effects and other things, pretty good. It looks like they they did really well with it, so it's a shame it's a fucking mess. Yeah, um, and I feel like I feel like the movie picks up a bit at the end. Yeah, it does a bit. 
he gets back on the James Bond train, like it yeah. feels actually like a parody. Yeah, exactly. Because David Nivem and Ursula Andres show up at Casino Royale, they go into some room that's an elevator to the hideout of Smirsh. Of Dr. Noah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the joke is that the bad guy is Dr. Noah, which is, yeah, that's, that's funny. That's, that's, that's a funny joke. It's not too bad. And he's got clones of James Bond, and he's, he, he's cloning James Bond. He's cloning everyone. It's basically secret invasion. He's cloning James Bond, and it doesn't make any sense, and there's 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 no threat. Except secret invasion was better. <laughs> secret invasion's better than this? Um, yeah. Uh, I think I rate them both the same. No way. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's really bad for Secret Invasion. Yikes. No Haven't seen way. that, but you say that? Yikes. I would watch the Secret Invasion finale five times again before I watch this. Oh, God. That's pretty bad. <laughs> that's pretty bad. <laughs> and the joke is that Jimmy Bond is Dr. Noah, yeah. and he's just an incel. Whoa! <laughs> the, yeah. The joke, he's just an incel. So, Woody Allen is method acting. Yeah, yeah, no. He's been <laughs> method acting this whole time. I did like that he can't talk around his uh, brother. Yeah, no, it's like a suppressed, you know, sexual dominance or something, and I thought yeah. that was very funny. Woody Allen's plan in this is to use a drug to kill all men over four foot eight <laughs> and also make yeah. all women turn beautiful. That's his plan. But the thing is, like, every woman they show in this is beautiful because they're models. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all really beautiful. It's like the, like, 11 year old supervillain plan, right? Yes. Which is- and then she'll love me, and then she'll kiss me every morning, and then yeah, 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 exactly. It's it that that bit was kind of funny. It was like the eleven-year-old's like villain plan. Yeah, like, no, definitely. I will be the tallest man left, you know, sort of thing, which is very funny. We get a scene that was very icky where he's got a woman tied up for the entire scene, and she's meant to be a super spy as well. That was never really explained. I, I think she appeared like once before in the movie. Oh, oh yeah, she gets kissed by um. One of the James Bond, the, like, sexy James Bond. The guy that they hired from the line that would be the actual James Bond, like, is the most put together. Oh, yeah, yeah. right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the scene where he throws one of them to the ground and rejects all of them, she, she's the one he doesn't actually feel like rejecting. Right, okay, yes. gotcha, gotcha, Yeah, gotcha. yeah, and she comes back randomly in this scene, yeah. I do not feel bad for not following that because it makes no fucking sense. No. And and also that James Bond does appear later on in this scene of events for no reason. He doesn't <laughs> no. do anything, but he's just there. Yeah, he is just there. Well, he's meant to be great at karate or something. So yeah, I think he maybe punches someone. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe there's more girls to judo slam. I don't know. I'm not but sure. like, yeah, she's in the scene and he's like explaining his plan. He goes like, oh yeah, and I they have this pill that turns someone into a nuclear bomb. Um, <laughs> or several, what was it like 400 mini ones inside it? Yeah, 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 like yeah. And then she, she suddenly switches tune because her plan, her plan, her plan <laughs> is to feed the bad guy the nuclear thing and then he explodes and kills everyone <laughs> in the building. That is her plan. But before she does that, we get a quote where she's like, do you treat all women that you desire this way? And he's like, yes, I do. I undress them and tie them up. I learned that in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, whoa. Which is very, uh, it's the 60s. I mean, I'm sure Woody Allen did learn that there. So yeah, he has the pill. He's randomly hiccuping and we get these superimposed cartoon clouds. 
Yeah, I don't quite understand it because those are the little bombs going off. So you would assume that the last one would be the same size, but as we find out, no, <laughs> the explosion from it. <laughs> I think I think that it was fine. It made sense. Like he took the bomb pill and it was counting down to the big explosion, right? Yeah, but how was he counting down? Could he hear it inside of him? What was going on there? Well, no, because he was counting the hiccups. Yeah. Oh, okay. Every time he hiccuped, it let out a little cloud and he was like counting down. So he's done hundreds of them in the space of the rest of the film. Yeah, it just like sort of like it was cutting out like, you know, hundreds of the like it was just cutting back to him when he was getting smaller and smaller numbers, right? To the big explosion. That bit I felt made sense. Anyway, then we get a big dumb fight scene in Casino Royale where everyone's fighting everyone. Yep. Including the special task force of Native Americans. Yeah, which yeah, it's just a bunch of white guys. Yeah, I I did like how um, some of them had 007 written on them, so they were also called James <laughs> also Bond. James it Bond, was yeah. suddenly implied that all of them were also called James Bond. Yeah, which I thought was fine. If this was a better movie, this would have been a hilarious ending. I mean, there are bits of it I kind of like. I like how they're like, the American aid, it's coming. And then we cut to like a Western set. I yes. mean, Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was really funny. Yeah, yeah. 1920s footage of like Cowboys. Yeah. Again, if this was a better movie, this ending would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then the guy, the, the weird guy, the quite old, quite large guy, and he's holding a gun the whole time. And then he walks up to somebody and says, this gun backfired. I've just died. And then he falls down because it fired backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, there's just a monkey in this yep. uh, fight scene wearing the toupee from the start of the film. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, but it's there. So why not? <laughs> but it's there. Yeah. Like, I, it felt like a Monty Python sketch, like the ending of the Monty Python sketch where they just throw Everything all the there. bullshit they yep. possibly can, which is great. I love that sort of thing. But it just, yeah, like obviously the racism really puts it on the wrong foot for this sort of scene. But yeah. Yeah. I like the French also turn up and there's a French guy and he says, in French, he says something and David Nimmons, James Bond is going, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And then he gets a note out. Oh, sorry. The French are here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's some great jokes in it. I love this chaotic, dumb ending that makes no sense. Yep. Yeah. Kind of makes sense for a nonsensical film to have at the end, right? Yeah. It, the, the problem is the rest of the film, right? Yeah. Like, it needed it needed a few more, like, there's, there's just a, a one or two many loose ends that could have, like, convened a bit more here, right? There's a seal with 007 on it. Oh, yeah, the James Bond seal. That was funny. I, I, yeah, yeah, That that's what I liked. I liked that all the people coming in were all James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very funny ending to this thing where, like, early on, they were saying everyone's named James Bond. And so when all the agents come in, they're all named James Bond and have 007 on them. Very <laughs> funny. That was funny. Oh, I liked, um, there's a scene, I think, in this part where David Nivem is punching people to the music. That was pretty cool. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. I think that's right. Was it with the America guy as well the, from the start? I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, because he turns up as well on behalf of the Americans, and they're both punching and having a conversation, but every time they punch, it's to the music. But anyway, Woody Allen, he blows up and kills everyone. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Woody Allen goes to hell, Yay. which honestly, probably the best ending for this movie possible. Exactly. 
Man, what a fucking mess. I know. What a, what a mess of a film. Even even after the explanation, it's still, like, rough to get your head around some of the things in this. Yeah, even understanding that people were fired or just ran away from it because they wanted a holiday, <laughs> it's still a mess. You can't justify it. <laughs> and it's like, some bits were good, some bits were fucking terrible, yep. and, it was, and then Woody Allen's just in the film, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god. And it sucks that he's one of the best bits of the film. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And just like so many, there's so many references to the like. I'm pretty sure there's some there's some Goldfinger girls at some point show up, yeah, and like yeah. actors from other Bond movies show up like constantly. Like that great scene where uh, what's up, Pussycat, or whatever the mm. the thing is, like happening. That was a reference to something, but I didn't get that. No, I, I didn't either. I felt like there was a lot of those throughout the film that I didn't get. But I just don't know what things were references. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people from other Bond movies just kind of showing up. And I just, I didn't get any of that because um, dumb, uncultured swine, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, what do I make of this shit? I don't think I'm going to speak badly about a James Bond film from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we've kind of hit rock bottom. There's one benefit to this film. It makes every other film look better. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to watch all of the Roger Moore ones now because at least they'll be uh, they'll be more consistent than this. They might be as dumb as this, but they'll be more consistent. <laughs> yeah, they'll be more coherent. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we will over on o- Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff. Maybe, maybe next year we'll get into some Bond. We'll go through some Bond films. Yeah. Let's do it. It is a bit of a shame because, as we said, we like the like Monty Hyphen. Monty Hyphen. Monty Hyphen. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. The Monty Python mm. uh, parts of this film. I liked the like making fun of James Bond. But yeah, the rest was just an incoherent mess and it sucked. And it's like, there, there, you could see that there was salvageable parts of this film, but it just didn't happen. I think even, it sucked even not looking at it through the eyes of, you know, being in 2023. I think back then it just wasn't, a consistent enough film. Oh, this movie, everyone hated it when it came out. Yeah. Like, this this did not do well. It made money, but that's only because it's called Casino Royale. Like, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a James Bond film. I mean, try and make sense of this when you don't have Wikipedia to look up everything, when yeah. you don't have any context for the film coming out. Like, this would have been fucking nonsense for the average person, you know? It's also really weird that the joke is that multiple people people play James Bond because only Sean Connery had played James Bond at this point. Like, yeah, that is weird. That's true because the James Bond movie that came out in '67 was "You Only Live Twice," and then he was recast as George Lazenby, but that wasn't until 1969. So, mm. yeah. It is very odd as well that that was the joke because that's the part that holds up the most in the movie. Yeah, it's just the oddly <laughs> prophetic. <laughs> part of this movie especially watching it now yeah yeah that's that's weird that's a good point and also i i do want to mention obviously the best james bond parody is austin powers um and that movie not only parodies james bond it parodies this movie that scene where (laughs) they're on like the rotating bed and dressing up as various stuff in casino royale i'm pretty sure they parody that directly in austin powers yeah i think they do where they Mm. keep covering up their parts yeah there's a bunch of stuff in austin powers that references this movie which i find very funny I think that's very funny. So, Mm. anyway, just watch that. Yeah, don't bother with this. (laughs) In terms of James Bond parodies, what is your favourite one, Zach, out of all the ones that you've seen? Because there's a lot of them. Um, 
Ooh, I don't know about favorite, but I really like the um, uh, Mr. Bean. Um, Johnny English. Yeah, I was going to say Johnny that. English. Yeah, Johnny English is probably yeah, they're the best. Uh, okay, well, I'm glad I'm glad you agree because that was the first one that came <laughs> to my mind. I'm like, I I really liked those as a kid. I really like those now. Johnny English. Johnny English is great. I like the first one. I don't know about the sequels, but I I definitely like the first one. I like that they play it so straight, but it's so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's two types of comedy that I really enjoy, which is the same side of the, you know, different sides of the same coin, yeah. which is you've got a very serious characters in a very silly situation, or you've got very silly characters in a serious situation. And those are the like the two sides of the same coin, but I find that those work the best. And uh, Johnny English is the very serious characters in a very silly situation, I feel. Yeah. And it's pretty great. Although it happens, both happen in the same film because he, he's then shown to be the very silly character in a very serious situation because he's trying to adjust the height of his chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it like it works because they they do that, you know? They go back and forth and it and it's it's very good. One of my favorite jokes is they throw a coat on a coat rack. Uh and then he tries to do it and it flies out the window and you hear it hit somebody on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to watch that for a palate cleanser after this. Yeah, it's been a while. Got to watch that. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. What we're saying is there's other stuff. Just watch Get Smart as well. Just watch Get Smart. Mm, Get Smart. That one's a good one. It's not really a parody of James Bond, but, you know. No, it's a a spy parody. It's a spy parody. It's the same sort of feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funnier than this. Man, Mel Brooks would have made this so good. Just get Mel Brooks to to, to remake Casino Royale. That would have been great. Anyway, that is uh, Casino Royale. Watch other stuff. Simple. I don't think it's the worst Bond movie I've seen, though. Pierce Brosnan's last one's pretty terrible. That's so bad it's good, though, actually. Pierce Brosnan and Halle Berry. That one's... Oh, yeah, I don't mind that one. That one's so bad it's good. I think Spectre's worse than this. I hate Spectre. <laughs> Spectre's terrible. Ooh, Jesus, no way. <laughs> I would rewatch this before rewatching. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true No way. <laughs> Maybe you were drugged. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it felt like it. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're the Curiosity of a Child podcast. I'm Anton, the son. And I'm the daddy. And we're curious about... Everything. We're a podcast about history, science, storytelling, and... The Curiosity of a Child. We like to dig into different topics, everything from the humble ox... In that episode, I had to learn about castration. ...to the most popular Christmas toys of yesteryear. Including a doll that could bite your fingers off and a pet rock. We don't just talk, though. We like to experience. That might mean recording on location a 5,000-year-old dolman full of spiders and, reportedly, the entrance to the fairy realm. Or simply tasting spices from across the world. We also recreated and ate various forms of corpse medicine, such as human brain, mellified man... And a nice, warm glass of urine. Mm-mm-mm. Yum. Listen to the... Curiosity of a Child podcast! 
the next segment of the show is when we remake the movie that we just watched. Oh, Jesus. Okay. God, I hope I hope there's some sort of modern remake of a Casino Royale that that's already released out there that you can go and watch right now. Yeah, who would we cast as James Bond? Uh here we go. I gotta take a risk and cast a blonde person. <laughs> <gasps> Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing. They obviously already remade J- uh, this movie as Casino Royale 2006, and it's probably the best Bond film, so... Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. It's up there for me. Skyfall's great. <laughs> Sky, Skyfall's fine. <laughs> I, I, I do like Skyfall, uh, just just for the music alone, you know. The theme, oh yeah. That's true. I think I do think Casino Royale, as in the actual non-parody one, is a tiny bit overhyped. Okay. It's not mm. the best one of them all, but it's very, 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 very good. Just by Sandro, he overhypes it. I do. It's my favourite Bond movie. <laughs> there are lots of people it is their favourite, um, but... I just, it's not my favorite. Having said that, I don't know what is if I think about it. <laughs> so it might be. It would be hard to pick. But I feel like what we, we need to do here is we need to make Casino Royale as a parody movie. Yes. We want to do the like parody comedy Monty Python. We just have to make sure Woody Allen isn't in That's it. right. Well, I already have two recasts uh, for two people, including who I want to play Jimmy Bond. Don't think we could get him. Rick Moranis. Oh, yes. Rick Moranis is really good. He just retired from acting because he went to hang out with his family. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a cool guy. Are you saying like he's a normal person? Yeah. He retired <laughs> before he could do anything problematic. It was great. Uh, I mean, he's kind of back. Apparently he's in a he's in a new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, we could we could probably get him in. Yeah. We, I, I think you could do exactly what it did in the film, where he's like at the start of the film and at the very end of the film. And that's, that's the joke. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. All right. Rick Moranis is in this as Jimmy Bond. My only other recast was for Le Chief. Um, if we want someone kind of like Orson Welles, you got to get Vincent D'Onofrio in to be, oh. to be Le Chief. Yeah, just in terms of appearance and ability, I reckon. That's a pretty good one. But who who else are we recasting? Well, that's the problem with this movie is there's too many characters. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, obviously, James Bond, like your main... Sir James Bond. Sir James Bond, yes. The original James Bond. Sir James Bond, we should probably do Evelyn Trembles too. Uh, and then I guess Vespa Lind is the, is the other one? Try to think who else is in this that's like notable... Well, you've got the you've got the villain, you've got the main James Bond, one of the girls, I guess. Yes, well, you got the daughter, I guess. Matter Bond, I guess. Oh, yeah, the daughter, yeah. To be meta, I'm gonna go for a Bond casting. Ray Fiennes as Sir James Bond. <gasps> oh, that's pretty perfect. And then someone like Tom Hiddleston, maybe doing a bit of comedy for Evelyn Tremble. I, I I can see that. I think Ray finds as that's pretty funny because he is, of course, um, he's M. He's M. Yeah, so that's a bit meta. Another sort of meta one, just based on looks. I reckon Ben Washaw might do pretty well as Evelyn Trembles, mm. and he's uh, Q in Craig's. <laughs> that is pretty funny if we bring Q in to be, yeah, to be James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> that is that's funny as well. I I I was actually thinking of uh, Carl Penn was going to be my pick for James Bond. Oh. He 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 used to be a White House uh, media person. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and he's in Designated Survivor. He's also a comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my pick. It was just not picking a white guy. Yeah, fair enough. And then it's like you know, it's like everybody expects me him to be a white guy. In that case, 
Dev Patel. As any of them, like like any of the extra James Bonds they bring in to recruit. Yeah. Although, will we have the same plot line? Will we slightly change? Do we, I would probably just try and make it a bit like another Johnny English. I, I would like it to have that whole thing with James Bond, but it's like we don't know who the original James Bond is because yeah. he was too good at being a spy. Yeah, that's fun. So no one knows who it is, so we have all these James Bonds going around and any of them could be the James Bond. And they, there are reveals that there's another James Bond. Like You don't even know that they're meant to be James Bond and then suddenly there's a message JB yeah. at the end of it or something like that. They like keep sending out they've sent out all these messages to recruit these james bonds yeah and they they only think they're recruiting one but they sent all these me- messages out to all his like secret rendezvous points yeah and it turns out there's just loads of james bonds out there who are different actors i would love a parody joke really proper big joke is that they're uh they're in a hotel room with the the bond girl we'll include bond girls the, one of them, James Bonds, maybe like the main one or whoever's playing Evelyn Tremble, walks out into the hallway because they heard a noise in this big hotel. They get out to the uh, the entryway, the foyer, and they see a whole lot of other people looking around, confused. And then suddenly their Bond girl pokes out and says, James. And they all go, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's all of them. That's pretty good, yeah. That, that That's pretty good. I would also like it, the twist is at the end that it's a woman that's James Bond. Yeah. I think that's a good one too, yeah. We could have the Bond girl is actually James Bond the entire time. I, I am a Bond girl. I'm J- James Bond. I'm James Bond. <laughs> well, and there's no one I can think better to play your Vesperlin who turns out to be James Bond than Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate yeah. is James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> or we could have like um David Tennant shows up as James Bond, but there's two of them, and he's like, oh, yes, yes. what's going on here? Because he's obviously two different doctors. Well, he's three technically. Um yeah. or he's the villain. <laughs> he's the villain and James Bond. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a passing joke where like she goes to talk with some dignitaries or something, and it's just a room with three David Tennants or something. <laughs> Or they look at a picture of the recently deceased James Bond, they need a new James Bond, David Tennant's dead, and then David Tennant walks in and is like, ah, here's our new James Bond. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just died. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, So Ralph finds as Sir James Bond, Catherine Tate as Vesper Lynn. Who do we want for Evelyn Tremble? Let's go for Carl Penn. Just because I wasn't expecting it, and he's American. But you could also do maybe Dev Patel. That's true. He is American, and and the British will murder us. (laughs) <laughs> True. It's like if you cast a, an American as the Doctor, even though they can act yep. and do a voice. <laughs> even though it's all fictional and you're watching a fictional TV show. Yeah. Um, but we can all have all, in our actual movie that definitely exists, we could have all the actors we've mentioned play uh, James Bond, which is great. Yeah, because it's, it's the same James Bond idea of everyone is James Bond who works for that agency. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, then I'll put down Dev Patel as Evelyn Tremble, but we'll keep Kyle Penn as, uh, as yeah. one of the other Bonds. Because I think someone younger as well is a good idea. America didn't want to have a British spy come over, so they said, no, one of ours would be James Bond as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the only other person that I can think to recast would be Mata Bond. I don't know who. Mm. Um, Karen Gillan. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if we include the dancing storyline, because she's not great at dancing. I would like it that part of her part of her plot is trying to figure out which James Bond is her dad. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Oh, 
But they're all trying to womanize her, so she's like, ah, ah, no, I don't want that, I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they're all trying to womanize her, but she's like, one of you's my dad, so I can't, I can't <laughs> fucking do this. It's like a bachelor scene, or a bachelorette. And, and, and then we have the big reveal where it's like, the woman's the actual James Bond, and she's like, what? <laughs> this doesn't make any she's sense. She's like, What? Because she, she thinks that it's the real James Bond that's her dad, yes. but the real one turns out to be a woman, so she doesn't know which one's her dad. That's very funny. So she just never finds out which one's her dad. Oh, that's fine. I reckon Florence Pugh. That's what I'm thinking. I, I chose Karen Gillan because of Doctor Who reference, but also Catherine Tate's got red hair, so there could be this thing about, are they related? Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, Ka- Karen Gillan could be like the, um, you know, the secretary that actually turns out to be the daughter. <gasps> Money Penny's Karen Gillan. Money Penny. <gasps> yeah, Money Penny. Oh my God. Because <laughs> they look similar, they go like, oh, maybe James Bond was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and she she's helping the Bond girl because Money Penny might also be the daughter of James Bond. So they're both trying to find the original James Bond because they both think it's their dad, but also the original James Bond's a woman, so now they don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and then the building explodes. And then the, and the whole building... This sounds amazing. Uh, and, uh, that, and yeah, I all that's left is a director. I can't think of anyone. Um, How about Navot Papu Shadu, who directed Gunpowder Milkshake, which was a Karen oh. Gillan action comedy that was very funny. And can we have Armando Iannucci write the script? What's what? What's he done? He did uh, The Thick of It. He worked with Capaldi a lot. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he did... Uh, Dev Patel was in... Was it a Dickens story? Yeah, the personal history of David Copperfield was really good. He did that. Yeah, I like it. Get a, get the British... You, you want to get that British humour in. Absolutely. And the Mondo Iannucci James Bond parody is pretty great. Well, that's the episode. That's the whole episode. Um, thank you so much for joining us again, Reese. No problem. But who's Reese? I'm I'm Sandra. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely not super spy Reese Pun. That's the whole episode. Do you have anything to plug this time around? Uh, no, not really this time around. When we start doing the James Bond episodes on Aussie Nerds Talk <laughs> stuff, and maybe start talking about some Doctor Who as well, mm. then we I'll, I'll plug out our other show. Indeed. Doctor Who is back and... Um, so woke. They've, oh, my God. It's so woke now. Doctor Who's so it's woke now. Right now. Just just now, Doctor Who's gone woke. Just now. N- never before. Never. Doctor Who, a show that's been known for being woke since the 80s, has, has never been this woke before. And, Ever. Um, never. It is... Honestly, I threw up. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you guys being sarcastic right now? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Okay. Phew. Uh, yeah, we'll probably be back to review those new Doctor Who specials um, as well, which is going to be very fun. But uh, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff. There's links in the episode description, links to all your socials as well. Yeah, Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff with Sandro Felce and Sandro Felce. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And then Zach will be on next year as we force him to review more James Bond movies. <laughs> you mean Sandro Felce. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is the next one? From Russia with Love is the second one, right? Yeah. I should watch that. We should review it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We'll do that early next year, I reckon. Speaking yeah. of next year, here on Oldie But A Goodie Pod, next week we reveal what we're doing next year. <gasps> I wonder what the format could be. Oh, my God. What could it be? <laughs> it's such a mystery. You'll have to find out on the next episode. Speaking of uh, things you're going to have to find out for the next episode, I'm going to have to leave this this body here to dump some exposition. Good. I want to find out my mission parameters. Yeah. You will have to do that pretty soon. But first, Zach, you got to pick a movie from 1968. 
You go pick a movie from 1968 while I say that you can find the show on Oldie Buddy Goodie Pod on G- uh, on on Instagram or Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on a bunch of shit, and you can say hi and you can comment about how much you like this movie if you want to. Mm. You can say how I'm wrong about stuff. That's fine too. You can defend Woody Allen. It's engagement, so Ooh. that's fine. Uh, but but you actually can't defend Woody Allen. <laughs> I prefer you don't though. But please write it in our comments and not someone else's. Exactly. <laughs> uh, links to everything in the episode description plus there's a new bonus episode out on Patreon we review a Dario Argento horror film called Opera that I forgot I put in as an option on Patreon so we had to do it I forgot nice. that I put it in there anyway Zach what are you picking from 1989 are you picking Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby we've done Woody Allen we may as well get Polanski out of the way as well no <laughs> uh, no it's never going to do 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah we've already done that Zach oh we've already done that <laughs> Damn it. Oh, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. What about Planet of the Apes, Sandra? We We've already do... done. Well, we haven't done that one. We haven't done that one, but we have done a Planet of the Apes. So, Ooh, What about Yellow Submarine? You like the Beatles and getting high? I like that one song from the Beatles. That's the only one I really know. What about Assignment Earth? It's got uh, Kirk. Ooh. It's the guy. It's Kirkman. Chris Pine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Uh, you've got um, Funny Girl, which is a pretty good Barbara Streisand rom com, but it's a rom com, so you're not going to pick it. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Star Trek, the Enterprise incident. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a possibility. You've got the Love Bug, the original Herbie movie. <gasps> what about Barbella? Uh, I, w- I I would love you to pick Barbarella. Barbarella is a sexy <laughs> 60s sci-fi. James Fonda, it's just, oh. it's, it's, uh, I've seen clips of it and it looks pretty funny. That, that does sound funny, but I really don't want any more objectification of women for the next, like, week or so. You know what, that's fair, actually. Not sure you could get through the rest of the 60s without that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, yeah, obviously we're not going to get through the rest of the 60s with, with that, but, like, I need a break, because yikes. <gasps> Night of the Living Dead, mm. the original George A. Romaro zombie flick. But I've, I'm actually torn between two movies. Ooh, what two movies are you? He doesn't about? want objectification of the dead either. Oh right, yeah, yeah, gotcha. exactly. Just no exploitation at all. Gotcha, the, gotcha, the, gotcha. the dead in media nowadays is getting terrible representation. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, no, I was looking at either the Love Bug or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, well, that's that's a that's a good tie-in because that was written by Ian Fleming, who you know made James Bond. Ah. Oh, I forgot to mention that the guy who produced Casino Royale died the year after it came out anyway um oof oh so someone died before they made it and someone died afterwards yeah wow another one of those hollywood curses i don't really care for the love bug because i don't really have any nostalgia whereas chitty chitty bang bang i haven't seen in like 15 years Mm. and that was the thing i saw as a kid so i'd be interested to go back because i have like some of the vaguest memories of a movie I have of movies like they are the vaguest because I had that's probably the longest time frame I haven't seen a movie for so all right I'd like to revisit Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's my that's my vote. Yeah, I think I saw it a couple times as a kid. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it, I saw it three or four times as a kid, and then I have not seen it since. So I'd love to see how it holds up. All right, let's do that next week. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Zach, you got a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang out of that body. <laughs> hey, oh, I hated that. All right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> oh, he's back. Yeah, it's me, Sandro Felche. <laughs>
Except that that's just my my code name. I'm actually uh Cassandra Felcher, don't say your your other name. Eh, it doesn't matter. Whoever gave you these instructions clearly didn't know how to write a plot. <laughs> um Well what are these instructions? What are you here to do? I don't understand. Exactly. I've got a bit of information. You've got another bit. I think we've all got a third of what the mission is. Exactly. So. Yeah, I feel like if we if we like tried to piece it together just by our pieces of information, it would come out as an incoherent mess. So I'm just gonna lord up here and I'm just gonna say Sandro I need you to come with me to go on a mission to the moon the moon the moon I don't want to go to space that sounds like that sounds boring I've got to do podcasts why would I want to go to space what well maybe this might interest you the name Harry Grindle Matthews ring any bells oh my god my arch nemesis who was revealed to be the orphan a few weeks ago who was my companion for most of this year why that does indeed interest me but not enough to go to the moon no well uh you'll be as far away from possible uh from this casino royale movie that you guys just watched so that's will that's right i will be on a different planet to the movie i just watched and i did hate it so yes actually i will go on this mission with you sir and I'll take I'll take the fall of being on the same planet as Woody Woody Allen for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! I'm so sorry for you. Well, I've got to go into space now. Mm, Reese, pardon. I know that's you pretending to be Sandro Felcher, but you will have to become the real Sandro Felcher as I go to space for the next year and a bit. Oh, a body double. That's right. Don't ever got that much time to edit podcasts. So. Yeah. <laughs> And we could all find out more next time on the podcast. Who are you talking to? The audience. What? What?